Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Miracle Larry podcast. Today, something different from Larry Kelly and me, Jack Cush. Larry, how are you? I'm good, Jack. How are you? Excellent. So this week, we decided to give the audience a voice and ask them, what would you ask Larry if you were going to be on the podcast with us? Um, they were all afraid to join the podcast. They wanted to have their anonymous questions right here. So, um, so Larry, I'm going to throw a bunch of questions at you from the audience. And they kind of skirt around a lot of things that we have discussed in the nine previous episodes. Mm -hmm. But let's begin with this one. Um, this oral quiz. Wisconsin. Um, did you have any sense of how sick you were when you entered the hospital? Did you know how bad you were? Mm. Okay, these kind of questions. Um, say, read it, repeat it, Jack. Uh, when you went to the hospital, when you were the ambulance over, you know, and being wheeled into the, did you, and you know, you knew it was COVID. You knew the stuff that was on COVID on television. Did you know that, well, I just got something, I'm here to friend to fix it? Or did you, did you have an ominous sort of feeling like, oh man, this is okay. not good? I, uh, when, when I finally said to Dawn, um, you have to call 911, I, I knew that something was going on in my body. I knew I, and it was getting worse. It wasn't getting better. I mean, it's, it starts out as, um, you know, the symptoms start out like you have a cold or a sore throat or, you know, um, so though that was familiar, but when it started getting worse and especially you started feeling stuff in your chest. So I did, I did have a sense that something was up. Um, when I was going to the hospital, I was optimistic. Wait a second. Let me let me interrupt you, Mister. Did you not before they were put you in the ambulance? Did you not look for insurance policies and start talking to her about alternate side of the street parking and where the money is at home and what? I mean, what the hell were you thinking? Well, I th that was told to me. <laughs> I don't actually I don't actually remember that. You know, oh I don't. So you're yeah. asking. You're asking me what what I remember when oh, that yeah. was going on. Um, yeah, I knew that that came more out of this unknown of COVID, Jack. Remember that there's two things at play here. There's actually what's happening to me and the perception of what's happening to me because of this unknown COVID. Do I have? I didn't even know I had COVID at the time, right? But that that question was: Is this COVID? Is this COVID? Is this that thing that's killing everybody? Right. So, so the life insurance policies were were just to, <laughs> just in case it was this thing everybody was talking about. I, I, I there was a part of me that thought um, that you know this may be really bad. So I'm I'm, I'm trying to walk you through it. Where I, I what I was going to say is that. You know, I have such a dichotomy in my feelings and everything having to do with COVID because optimism and fear go hand in hand and back and forth. So you, you're battling that all the time. So when I went into the, the ambulance, I was optimistic. I said, okay, I'm going to a hospital. hospital. They fix people at a hospital. Okay. So they know what they're doing. And, you know, um, at least that, you know, I was hoping that right, they right, did. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I, I didn't know that I was sick. I didn't know that I was sick. No. And, that, and 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 I like that you say optimism and fear because 
that's one of the things that you learn later from Jessica. And she told us is that when she was checking you in and you, she said you had panic in your eyes on one hand, on the other hand, you're trying to make jokes. So yeah. sort of like the yeah. optimistic exactly. Larry is like, please, can you help me like in my breathing? And, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah you were well, torn. a friend of mine who lives upstairs. He happened to be in the lobby when, when I was going to the ambulance and this, he told me this when I came home, you know, months later, um, he said that as they were wheeling me to the ambulance, he was like, what's going on? And he was coming towards me. And I said, stay away. I'm a leper. So what was going through my mind was the same thing that happened during the AIDS crisis. I started, I was thinking about this disease in terms of, uh, you know, this unknown airborne deadly killer. Um, I didn't, we, I didn't know how it was transmitted, but obviously my instinct was to say to my buddy, stay away. I'm a leper. You know, right. stay away. I'm a leper. Not good. So another question from um, Ronald in Texas says, um, is there one thing that you wish the doctors or medical staff had done differently in your care? Before, while you're thinking about that, I'm going to tell the audience, first off, Larry was out of it, not really able to make decisions. He heard about these things after the fact. When he did wake up, he spent most of his time trying to bribe the nurse's aides into bringing him Italian ices, even though he was not supposed to be eating anything by mouth. So let's let's exclude Italian ices from that thing. All but right, is there anything right. to one? That question, that question gets asked to me a lot. And uh, it's, it's, it's a question that's difficult to answer because of just what you said, Jack. Um, do I wish they did something differently? I was in a coma. I don't even know what they did. Everything, everything I say about myself or my story or, or my ordeal, everything was said, was told to me by somebody. There is nothing that comes out of my mouth that I made up on my own. So um, I am here and I am alive. So I do not spend any time wondering, should they have done something differently? Um, that old expression, like cliches mean a lot to me, you know, the ends justify the means. I'm here. I don't care what means they did to get here. I'm here. Um, it was like when I was asking Mount Sinai questions and they were getting hesitant to answer my questions. And I said to them, I said, you don't know me. I'm not asking these questions because I'm looking for a lawsuit. I said, I said you'd, I'm not going to sue somebody who saved my life. No matter how I got there, I'm here because Jack, it always it goes back to that we will talk about at some point down the road. Hard for me to get into, but you had to just know where I was to yep. know that you know the remarkable thing is that I am here because I'm very aware of where I was and uh, and whatever they did. Right. So speaking it was of, great. It was great. Speaking of what was told to you. I I was on one of those early iPad, iPhone, FaceTime calls where I got to see you just right after you woke up and you weren't, you still had a tube in your mouth. You couldn't talk. Your hair was all crazy. You, you look like a guy that was plucked out of like space or something. It was, it was. I call my Rick, my Rick Van Winkle look. Yeah. I mean, but you were giving a thumbs up and listening and even smiling. And, but there was a time, there was some moment after they took the tube out 
probably when you got home that you had a long conversation or series of conversations with your wife and your daughter. How did that go? And what did they tell you? Because again, those were the, they were on the front. They were bearing the brunt of your illness, the sharing of the information. They were the front line. Um, they had to weather the storm as much as anyone, more than anyone. Um, and at some point you had to hear their recollections and their saga. When did that happen? And what, what, what can you talk about it at all? Okay. I, yeah, I can. Um, there's no, there's no light bulb moment in, in all of my story. There, there's everything, everything happened. I, I was sort of a detective in my own ordeal. I had to play detective and how I did that was to listen to what people said to me and piece it all together and try and make try and make sense out of this. I did not know. I remember my daughter Jess says on one of the Zoom calls I had said to her, I don't remember this, um, what happened to me was one of the first things I said. Um, that was, I didn't know. I wanted to know what happened, you know, um, and Jess explained, you know, but that was early. So recognizing what my, the, again, there's no light bulb moment where, aha, uh -huh, my God, that's what you went through. They told me in pieces. They told me in pieces, but they weren't alone, Jack. That's it. It, it, Dawn and Jackie went and Jess, my family went through tremendous stuff, but I learned, I learned what everybody, um, I'm very good now one-on-one -on -one with people. I, 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 I'm very good listening to what they have to say and then, and then making sense out of it. Okay. So, wow, that, that, that's what was going on. So it, it's not, it's not a moment. It's a series of moments and it's a gradual, it's sort of like my physical recovery was in tandem with my, my mental recovery and my and my recollection um the uh the, does that make any sense yeah, yeah that... it does it does so you talked about you know a lot of people talking to you and piecing it together um someone wants to know have you encountered i mean i know you talked to a lot of people about their near death experiences being critically ill have you met anybody else that survived covid as you did and that has the covid dramatic COVID story about being sick, going in the ice. That's Have you had, had that conversation? That's a, that's a good question. That's a good, um, getting back to what you said, I, I have become sort of a receptacle um, for people's stories, which is just fine, which is, I actually, like I said, I like one-on-one -on -one now. Um, I, I have a hard time multi listening. If there's a group of people all talking to me at once, I have a hard time with that, but I'm actually much more sharper one-on-one -on -one than I've ever been. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm much more... Uh, That's because you had ADD in the past. Now, now you maybe <laughs> I, I could do that. I could multi <laughs> I, I could multi-think like that. Uh, no, but then again, you know, I'm also very good speaking to a large group as long as no one's interrupting me. As long as no one's, right. someone interrupts me, I'm lost. And then, you know, the uh, um, I've seen that. I can vouch for that. The uh, but the 
the um what's i gonna say um so say other covid patients oh have i i've 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 heard of um uh, a, a few stories of people that went through something i have not met somebody i've met lots of people who got sick from covid and i've met some that were icu'd from covid um but you know 10 days, two weeks, blah, blah, blah. You know, I so and and every one of them says, it's not like what you went through. And I say, yes, it is. It, you know, you know, you're a survivor just like I'm a survivor. We're the same group. And you know, um I I may have had a severe case, but there are others I haven't met them. There is one I'd like to. There is a uh there's a gentleman from Mount Sinai. It's Mount Sinai's other um all right. A lot of this stuff is hard to explain. Well, uh, you know, they okay. judge it by how they judge it by how long someone's in the hospital. Like the to the layman, and when I say layman, I just mean people that are listening to stories. I remember there was on the news, there was uh, somebody on ABC, he was at Bellevue, um, and uh he was in the hospital longer than I was, and Bellevue had said to him, how does it feel to 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 break the record? I didn't know there was a record. I don't think of it in those terms. I, it's not a contest to me. Right. It's a you know. It's a so you know. It's if if you you know. And I remember the guy sitting there go, oh, it feels great to break the record. I, you know. I said, okay, all right. That's that's how he deals with it. Um, for me, it's uh, for, for me, it's a it's a story that. Um, so based on time in the hospital and severity of what people went through, there are a few. There's one guy um, who was in Mount Sinai. His name was James. I've never met him. I really would like to. Um, the uh, What I've heard um, is that his recovery is taking longer. He may have... Um, he may have respiratory problems. What I heard, I, I'm not sure. Um, right. But uh, but no, I haven't actually sat down with somebody. I've sat down with many people who have had COVID, and I sit I I sit down with people that you know just it doesn't have to be COVID. I, I sit down with many people that have uh, life threatening diseases. Right. And, uh, so. All right. So I got a few questions about the coma, but let's just ask. When you were in the coma, again, you were in the coma. How many days? Forty. Well, well, I, I I say fifty-one because I wasn't conscious at all until after they took me off the vent. So okay. you know, I opened my eyes on a forty-something day, okay. but on the vent for fifty-one. But on, but all I did was open my eyes. You know, it wasn't until three days later where I started following a pencil and stuff. You know, but you so know. in the period while you're in the coma, do you remember? anyone talking to you? Do you remember voices or what was actually said? I know you have a lot of, a lot of things happened to you. You were awake, you were cognizant of a lot of things, a lot of feelings, a lot, you know, you had to fight, you know, you're sick, but do you remember, was there any clarity to any of that coma experience? Um, well, I mean, there was, there was, mu there was much lucidity. There was much consciousness. Um, I, I don't know if that consciousness was uh, was was rational, um, but but there was consciousness. The uh, again, 
I played detective with my own recovery, you know. So um, did I hear anything? I believe I heard certain things. I, I, I believe there's, there's three or four instances where I can definitively say that was me hearing it because of what I was thinking about when I heard that stuff. Right. But was I was I conscious of hearing things? That, was I hearing everything that was going around me? No. Um, no, a few times. But physically, many times I felt what was done, what was touched on my body. And uh, oh, right, they were manipulating you. They were yeah, exactly. You were, you were toning. A riddle maker. They were flipping you and sticking mm -hmm. you and a little bit of sugar on you, and you know they were just amazed that you kept going. So, <laughs> um, when you did wake up and open your eyes and almost kind of sort of squeeze someone's hand on Easter Sunday, do you have any memory of what those first few moments of waking up was, or was it a a very hazy um, re-entry back into the living. I, um, actually, I actually remember. Uh, I actually remember exactly the thought I had. I, I, I can remember opening my eyes and a thought going to me and looking around or seeing figures in front of me. Then now remember, I, I constantly had to. <laughs> All right, this gets really strange, Jack. I constantly had to determine whether this was a delusion or whether this was real. That happened a lot. That was a that was a battle I had to do uh, a lot continuously, and uh, even to this day, sometimes I wonder what's delusion. But the, uh, but when I opened my eyes, I knew when when it hit me that, what this is, my eyes are open. My eyes are actually open. The first thought that hit me was, oh, this is good. I remember saying that. I remember, oh, this is good. Okay, knowing that I wasn't that this was progress, you know, my, my, my whole detective, you know, being in a coma, Jack, the, the whole thing was trying to figure out how right. to get out of here, how to get out of here. And yeah, uh, yeah. when I opened my eyes, I said, all right, well, that's good. All right. All right. All right. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I yeah. doing? Let, me, let me do it again. Let me do it again. <laughs> Just, I'm sure you're still struggling a little bit with this. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, delusion or reality, you're New York Yankees. I mean, it's a reality, right? I mean, it's not the delusion. Sorry. So <laughs> there's a few questions about um, when did you realize a higher power was involved? Um, are you more religious right now? Um, uh, do you believe more in the power of prayer now? I mean, again, religion um, is, you know, the fallback on trying to understand how this came to pass, how Larry survived. I mean, how everyone got through it, his family, his friends, you know, um, the people who worked on him. Okay, all right. 
Let me while, again while you're pondering, I'm going to say that that we all became incredibly religious. You know, I I'm a very religious person. I don't go to church as much as I think I should. I don't really watch TV evangelists, but during your illness, I watched Joel Osteen all the time. He was the only radio station I listened to. I mean, a guy who I previously thought was a dweeb now was my guiding light. He gave me hope and inspiration every day um, and wanted me and I wanted to do more and to help you. And it was going to be through really through prayer. I mean, well, it Danny was, and Tommy talked about this, right? Yeah, Jack. But that's why that's why I hesitate. It's um, I worry a lot about how people define things and how I answer something because uh, the 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 um, am I more religious? I always was spiritual, but it was always personal to me. It was always, uh, you know, I was not a, I, I was not a preacher. I was not, I, I didn't always embrace organized religion. Um, I had questions. I had questions that, uh, you know, if you're a logical thinking person, you obviously have to have questions, you know, the, uh, um, so when did I realize it was a higher power? Again, no light bulb moment. Um, it's a it's an accumulation of a lot of I know how people are reacting to what happened to me. And and so I take that as evidence of something happening to me because people are telling me something happened to me. Um I again. If you knew where I was and how amazed I am where I am now, um, that it, I, 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 I think I talked about it with you about, um, I'm here for science and I'm here for religion or spirituality. I'm, I'm, I'm here for both. I will never, I will never know whether it was all the doctors that did it and all the drugs that were pumped in me that did it. And I only say that because where I was and 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 what I went through in in the coma and that 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 I, I don't higher power call it what you want I call it the Holy Spirit uh, the. Uh, um, the conversation I had with the Holy Spirit is is something that uh, makes me realize that, you know, I, I I was looking back at an interview I did when the first day I came home and uh, a, a, a doctor had said something to me and I said, uh, I said, I was never a true believer and what I... You know, that's the way I phrased it then. You know, I would I would phrase it differently now. But true believer in the sense of um, I was I was never whole hog in any one organized religion. Though I embraced religion and I embraced, I totally believe there is a God. Totally, there's not even a question. I I believe there's a God. Um, do I believe there's different gods for different religions? No, I don't. You know. Um, the uh, I, I, you know, 
so that's where um because i because i came out of that pit and and i, and I tell people that you know we hear all these stories and all these movies and stuff a white light when you when you when you're on the precipice you see that white light and people have asked me that did you just see the white light yeah and and you know i didn't i didn't you know i i didn't see any white light i didn't you know the concept of whether I crossed over, I don't know. I'll never know that, but you know. Um, well, the the big question that everyone wants to ask, and it's I'm I feel I'm I'm going to be a broken record throughout this I know. podcast episode asking the same question is what is the miracle? What is Larry? Tell us tell, tell us what the miracle is, and I'm going to do a little preface on that and give you um, two examples. I mean, it could be as simple as what you said, where you were. And where you are now, that's the miracle. It could also be when you had brain bleeding and brain swelling and the MRIs in, of your head were nothing but holes and blood and just a lot of crap going on in your head. And then what, a few weeks later, they repeat the MRI and it's all gone and normal. And the doctors are asked, Dr. Smith, have you ever seen this before? Dr. Smith goes, I can't explain. And then my version of your miracle is, it's the functional return of you. I mean, the fact that you lived is a miracle, but the fact that you're here and that we can talk about third grade together and that you can still make me laugh and tell me stories and, you know, educate me. I mean, the functional return of you is what is mind blowing. But do you have an answer for people who ask you the question? Why are you miracle iron? They don't ask you that, Jack. I'm asking you. Answer the damn question. Okay, right. <laughs> and no one asks me that. They always volunteer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they give you the wrong version. They, like, know. they know. They I, I, you know. That mostly they volunteer. They they um Ah, through you. No, no one has actually grilled me on, you know, um, why you miracle Larry, except one guy in a restaurant one time grabbed me by the arm as I was walking by and going, Are you famous? And I said, uh, like, well, in certain circles, I guess. And and he goes, uh, I said, well, and this was right after Newsday. So I said, do, do you read Newsday? Ah, I don't read that rag. Yeah, okay, well, it's a good newspaper. I said, it's a good newspaper. The, uh, I said, well, I, you know, I, I was on the cover and uh, it said Miracle Man. So that he says, so I said, what do you do, miracles? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I said, yeah, I said not I, wouldn't I love to? Wouldn't I love to? You know, yeah. I said, no, I don't, I don't. But I'm just telling you, that's, you probably saw that. And that's why you think you know, I'm famous. But getting back to it, well, the miracle, um, it, it, you know, it, you know, a buddy of ours, Tommy Lauderman, was once complaining about everybody calling him Bean, his nickname. And I said to him, hey, Tom, uh, try being called Miracle Larry. <laughs> yeah. But the no burden of being called Bean, you know. Right. No expectations um, with be with Beanie, right? I I I people say people have said to me, Jack, some of the some of the most incredible things, you know, that as 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 Larry Kelly and then Larry Kelly, you know, that they're hard to process. They're hard to, you know, um, you know, I, I've had 
in, down in Dallas, you know, there's a learned doctor saying you were chosen. You were chosen. I was chosen. Can, can you fill me in? Any idea what for? <laughs> what for? <laughs> you know, I, yeah, but, yeah. you know, but the, uh, but that sort of spiritual, I, I know. Here's the strange thing, Jack, is that I think, oh, what happened? Something popped up. Oh, no. Um, the, um, The strange thing. My my story. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, all right. At our reunion, uh, uh, I'm not going to mention names, last names, but a woman showed up but uh, who's in her 80s that we know. Someone's mother showed up and uh, it came over to me and uh, and uh, she said, Larry, I came to see you. And she said, and she put her hands on my face. She said, you're such a miracle. You're such a miracle. And uh and my, my instinct, I, you know, I was looking at her and she's got, she's misty and which made, made me a little misty. And, and I, I looked at her and I said, you are a miracle. I said, look at you. You're 88 years old. I said, do you recognize the miraculousness of that? You know, I said, uh, you know, I, that's the only thing I could say to her when she, you know, and what do you say to somebody who puts their hands on your face? You're a miracle. Because I think. My, my my story of where I was and where I am now is sort of a, analogous to to everybody. I, I just, you know, I, I wish everybody would treat each other like like they're like they're looking at me now. I, I wish everybody could feel this sense of you know, you know um it's, I, it's really weird, right? Hard to explain, right? It's hard to, yeah. you know. Um, so, I, I, and I actually, I think it's what you said, and I'm going to paraphrase, but I think the miracle is in you, people have found and refound hope that you, your story about your miracle really gives them hope for themselves, for their family, for, you know, that, that, you know, that there is a higher power in their life and that, and that great things can, are still ahead for all of us. And, and that is kind of um, an amazing gift that isn't easily or often doled out. Well, I, 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 I recognize that, Jack. I recognize that, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fool. I can tell that um, I represent many things to people now on, on this story. And hope is a very biggie. Um, i give an example. I was with the buddy. And uh, up at Saratoga, just this past weekend, and uh, sitting at the bar, later went back to the hotel, sitting in the hotel bar, and there's gentlemen and people sitting at the bar next to us, and we strike up a conversation. And uh, one of the guys is great, you know. I, he was he's the chief of police in Nassau County. Is sitting there, so I'm getting into a conversation with the chief of police in Nassau County. So um, now my buddy Tommy. Who, you know, the miracle Larry, the miracle Larry, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I, it, I try to tell my friends, you know, I, I don't bring it up in a sense of any ego. I bring it up because I know the story means something to people. And this chief of police heard of the story. He's like, oh, that's you. And he's there with his son, who's an NYPD cop downtown. And, uh, but we, we just, and they both were looking like a, it's an amazing story, man. 
it's a uh, it's an honor to sit next to you and I'm like no I it's not an honor to sit next to me it's just but I know that it makes them feel good and that's that's the only reason I bring it up and Tommy's going I get it I get it I get it now I said Tom it's just you know I I, I know that the story makes people feel good because um, it does give them hope. It does get, you know, it's a, uh, I don't know. I, oh, I, it's, I mean, I, I told you before we started the podcast, I did a, a Twitter search on you and all the hashtag Miracle Larry was going on when you were getting out of the hospital and the stories being told in the news and on the, on the, on the, throughout the media and everybody you know, they, it was it was like a wildfire talking about your story, and you know, but think of where they were. They were under the oppression of COVID. The news on COVID every night was horrible. It was a counting death rate. It was, mm-hmm. and yet there's this guy in New York City at Mount Sinai, who, you know, and they put out the numbers and they show you walking out of the hospital and uh, just you know that's that's mm-hmm. you know. I got two more quick questions we got to end with. One, we, we got to go. What, so two quick questions. One, um, with all the things and the assault on your brain, have you lost memory of like events and or things in the past? Are there holes in your in in the way? I mean, I'm, I'm I think it's remarkable how you're just as sharp as ever and and whatnot. But do you think that that there's there's a there is a a brain scar on uh from covid <laughs> that's, that's another complex and great question but every question is complex. You just say yes or no when I you're mean, talking about my brain you're talking about my brain it's a very complex question because hey, i'm still trying to figure mind. it that's out okay. i'm still trying to figure it out but here's the thing um uh, remember our age and before covid if someone said to me my wife or family said, do you remember when we went and before COVID, I would go, I remember going, uh, but I don't remember that story. No one would say boo. Now everybody goes, oh, that's because you had COVID. Now, now I said, no, it's not. I am not do with COVID. I just don't remember that. It may be important to you. It wasn't right. that significant to me that I stuck it in my memory banks. But uh, but there's other things I remember. You said, I am sharp. But again, Jack, we're one-on-one. Um, right. I, this I'm very good at. Um, do I do I forget things? Yes, but just like anybody else, just yeah. had nothing. What's I don't think has anything to do with COVID. Um, for example, Dawn and I, you know, watch Jeopardy every night. And we play along. I've never been better. I've <laughs> stuff comes up. I go. How the hell did I know that? <laughs> I, didn't know that. I didn't know that before. <laughs> so, so in those things, I'm very sharp, and my, my wit is still there. Um, but do I forget things? Yes, but yeah. I don't okay. ever want. It's just a normal. It's not early Alzheimer's. I don't think you know. Right. Danny keeps an eye on that. Dan, our friend Danny keeps right. an eye on that. You know, I'm slipping into Alzheimer's. All right. Last question from your yeah. good friend Woody wants to know what's the single biggest change that you've made to your life, uh, you know, since all this? Have you changed anything big in, about your life, your lifestyle? Your, are you now, you know, I'm not a libertarian I, I, or something? I, I, this, this sounds hokey. Um, 
but I, I don't hold back how I feel about somebody anymore. I don't, uh, I, um, I'm very demonstrative with my emotions and, uh, and, uh, you know, I, my, my, there, there are certain things that we can talk about uh, that I'm looking at my life that I recognize now. Um, one is that that Maya Angelou poem that I put on our, our family Christmas card this year because it resonates with me with so much. Um, when I run into people, I run into a lot of people that I haven't seen in a very long time, but they know what happened to me. So now it's Miracle Larry they're running into and not just Larry that they knew. And there's something very special about that. There's something very special about knowing somebody for 40 years and not seeing them for 30 and you run into them. And, and, and my Angela said, uh, you know, I may forget what you said to me or what we did, but I'll never forget how you made me feel. Um, and that's what I latch on to when I run into people. I know that, that, that quote resonates with me so much because I, I go right to, this person I like, you know, um, the, do you know what I mean? And, yeah, um, absolutely. It's great. Yeah. So, so, so the, uh, and I, I may forget certain things like don't, you know, I forget a lot of things Dawn remembers, but she remembers different. Remember on the beach when Jess did? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> that's a husband and wife. Yes. That. Oh, that's because COVID. That's because you had COVID. It's not COVID. Hey, <laughs> use it to your advantage. If you can get away with it, good luck. No. <laughs> All right, Larry, this is a good episode. Thanks for this. Um, everyone, tell your friends about the Miracle Larry podcast. We'll be back next week. Bye -bye. Thanks, Jack. Have a good night. Right. Good night.